There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Hey everybody, it's episode 4 of the THC Daily podcast. Uh, the quarantine cast, as I've called it, and a lot of you, get, a lot of you emailers are calling it that too. So I'm glad you picked up on that that quickly. Uh, Phil's here again with us. Hello, Philip. Hello. How are you, Ben? I'm doing well. We had a, a lot of emails coming in. I want to address a few things before we get going. Uh, one emailer wrote in our friend Orli- Elias Torhiden that I had made a mistake. He said that I he was confused, I believe, and he said that I had made a mistake by letting. One fill the engineer into my child's nursery, uh, and that could be a Trojan horse. But I assure you, I have not allowed Phil into the nursery studio. He's at his own home. Uh, is that you're in your bedroom? This is our our spare guest room. Uh, um, okay. Uh, I will get into your child's nursery eventually. Um, okay. I just haven't been in yet. That I that you can promise me. I know. I know. Um, so just just to check in, Phil, everything's still going well. We're in day four of of our quarantine. Has anything changed on your end? Uh, no. Um, still letting the uh, the kids watch too much TV, and um, me too. My wife actually went into the office today, so it's just me currently. I was just on a conference call with uh, Mark Kenyon, and my son came in all of six times with different costumes on from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you would have really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. He was the Hulk for a while, Captain America. He may come in at any point. He actually came in during my recording with Cal. He had just woken up from a nap. So you'll hear that later in the episode. <laughs> but that is work from home life. And I enjoy it. I like that he comes in dressed like uh, Captain America every once every hour. I can <laughs> I can absolutely deal with that. oh yeah sure it's not a bad thing well we had an email from uh a listener by the name of donald donald rank and i just wanted to read this to you phil maybe lift your spirits up for a day with without your wife um he said hey uh, thanks for the daily podcast i work in healthcare. i have spent the last five days helping coordinate my anesthesia department's effort during the pandemic 
This includes changing our staffing patterns to keep the place running, but avoiding the entire department being exposed in quarantine at once, organizing our protective equipment, and reading the latest information so my staff can best care for our patients and themselves, all while dealing with the rest of the patients that need our care, as well as trying to be present for my wife and kids. While this is still much less than my colleagues in emergency departments and ICUs are currently facing, it does take a mental toll. To keep myself sane while I'm at work, while I'm not at work, I have scheduled some non-corona time. Your daily podcasts have been a part of that. Please keep them coming. I enjoy the banter and the stories and the lack of politics. Except LWCF talk. That's my jam. And by the way, vasectomies are no big deal. I had one after our second child was born. I drove myself to and from the procedure, and I spent the rest of the day watching movies and pretending to convalesce. Stay safe, Don. It's a lot, you know, I just want you to know, Phil, that you're making a difference. Uh, Yeah, okay. I'll I'll start telling myself that in the mirror every morning. You're doing this. I'm doing it. People need you. But anyway, does that help you out with vasectomies? Uh, yes, it's actually, it's more, it's more, I'm more motivated than ever to, to drive myself to, to the procedure and drive myself home. Don said, uh, his only regret is that it was before there was so much to binge watch on Netflix. That's his only regret. From oh, his sure. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Don. So it's even easier now. Sorry, Don. Good luck out there, man. Keep fighting the good fight. Well, this will be over before we all know it. And uh, we'll all have learned something and be better for it, I imagine. Um, But before we get to old Cal Callahan, host of Cal's Week in Review, it's hard to remember. Um, Before we get to Cal of Cal's Week in Review, we're talking about Texas axis deer, ticks, uh, Lyme disease, many other things uh, with Cal. And you really just want to hear Cal's tips on life and how how to handle the pandemic. He is one of the best of the best. But... Uh, we need to talk about the Great Hand Turkey Contest of 2020. You ready for this, Philip? Yes, please. Do you think we can get a thousand hand turkey drawings? I'm already on on the record saying no. I do not. No, you no. do not. Nope. You are a pessimist. It's not going to happen. Is the time for optimism, Philip. Well, see, I'm just I'm just trying to use reverse psychology here because I'm going to be like, no, it's impossible. No one listens to this show, and then. The the listeners and to prove me wrong will oh. uh, will will send in their thousands of drawings and uh, I will look like a fool. But it would have been my plan all along. So spoken uh, like a true parent. That's right of a toddler. <laughs> um. So here's the deal, everybody. This is what we're gonna do. Is we're gonna it's the Great Hand Turkey Contest of 2020. We want a thousand hand turkeys drawn by you out there across the nation and world. Um. A thousand hand turkeys means you take your hand, you place it on a piece of paper, you take some sort of drawing implement, and then you trace your hand. That will look like a turkey, hopefully. And then you decorate that turkey, draw a background, give it uh, a facial expression, give it a personality, be as creative as possible. This is a celebration of turkey season, a celebration of THC and our love for the turkeys and and shooting them and eating them. And I want to see your most creative your most creative hand turkey drawings. I'd love for there to be a thousand of them in my inbox. I would really love for that to crash my outlook, if you don't mind. Um, And it'll give you anything to do. Kids, uh, parents, everybody can do this. Go have fun with it. And um, at some point in the next couple of weeks, we will end that contest, and we will pick a winner, a single winner to win 
uh, a kick-ass piece of first light, which I will personally have screen printed the photo of your hand turkey. So you'll look like Rocky from Rocky 1 when he had that big tiger on the back of his Italian leather jacket. That's what it's going to do. So email, draw your hand turkeys immediately. And as soon as you're done, begin to email them in to THC at the com. So draw your hand turkeys, decorate them, make them kick ass, and email them to THC at the com. Phil, you want to add anything to that? Any words of encouragement? No, I'm trying to to uh, think of, to offer ideas for what they could, you know, dress up their hand turkey as. Do you have any ideas? Brian Callahan, Tom yeah. Kelly, Colonel Tom Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have them in outer space. They could be uh, in the podcast studio. They could be being hunted by Phil or myself or someone on the Mediator crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, there is a video on YouTube of me dressed up like a turkey. That might be a way to go. Um, oh, that's a good one. There's a lot of things you could do. You feel free to use any type of stickers or implements. It's just or anything that to, to make this more creative. I look forward to your submissions. Now, also the winner of the turkey calling contest from episode 100 made a video. So feel free to make a video. Have that turkey drawing presented some creative way inside your house. Um, I don't care what you do. Just win us over with your creativity. That's all I'm asking. Have fun while doing it. Take your mind off whatever crap is going on in your daily life. Draw a damn hand turkey. Simple, fun, and we're going to give you something for it if it's really good. So it's it's that easy, Phil. All right. Well, then I expect 2,000. 2,000 hand turkeys. And I brought it up to Cal. Cal just basically was like, I don't. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't disagree. They're like, you, what a dumb idea. Um, but... <laughs> I know you guys will love it because I am going to love looking at them and I'm going to love sharing them and I'm going to love talking about them. Um, And Phil is forced to, based on his job requirements, sit here with me and humor me when I do things like this. So he'll be here as well. So that's it. Day four of the quarantine cast coming at you with our good buddy, Ryan Cal Callahan. Hey, Ryan Callahan. What's up, Ben O'Brien? How's it going over there at the Callahan Estate? It's good, man. I did a lot of cleaning I've been meaning to get to. I have uh, canned some just ridiculous uh, hot green chili and red chili from New Mexico with a bunch of elk shank meat. Um, Had one jar that I couldn't fill up to the required one-inch gap head spacing for uh, meaty soups that is required by the USDA website. So I put that over some eggs this morning and just a delight, just a delight. And you, you feel, you know, during this time of uh, quarantine, I guess we'll say that it's go outside, DIY, cook stuff. Is that a good way to... Uh, encapsulate what you're up to yeah uh just because i have a lot of uh projects you know i'll travel so much that it's hard to be like i'm gonna make jerky because that's a (laughs) like a weekend (laughs) event so it's nice that uh yeah i've 
been canning a few things and I went actually went over to Ranella's house and stole his giant food dehydrator and we'll be uh, making jerky. Yeah, I'm going to need to maybe get it. I got that. If you want to borrow that Weston slicer I got, that thing oh, that'd is be a good whiz too. for jerky, man. It's exact thickness of each slice. I think it goes up to at least an inch and, and some change. So you can get whatever thickness jerky and plus it just saves you a lot of time. Those things are easy to clean, so come over and get that. I don't know if we can exact. I'll I'll de uh, de sanit- I'll sanitize that thing for you, but it it uh, it works well. I'm a big fan. I was gonna say you're uh, with the, with the newborn um, and your your wife's asthma. Um, she may she may not appreciate that. That's true. Yeah, as as things change, I, you know, before each one of these daily podcasts, I wanted to, we had Remy Warren on, we had Sam Soho, we had. Mark Kenyon, bunch of people, um, just kind of addressing the elephant in the room regarding regard. Here's here's my son. You want to come in here? Come on in. I'm recording a show. You want to come in and say something? I'm talking to Cal. You got to speak into the microphone. You want to say, "Hey, Cal." Hi, Cal. Come. Hi, James. Soon. How you doing, buddy? What do you think? You want to be on my podcast? Hmm? Yeah. Nah. Very, it's like, uh, Just got up from a nap. I don't know. You don't want to be on my show? And your buddy Cal looks like he's in Pan's Labyrinth or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Well, we're going to finish the show, okay? Can you go close the door and I'll come see you when we're done? Okay. Okay, see you, buddy. Uncle Cal's pouring himself a Guinness. Now... I have, uh, I've been drinking a little meat eater whiskey, some little Templeton rye. Uh, we made margaritas last night over here. Yeah. Some wow. tequila. Um, we had rabbit shepherd's pie, did a little chunked up some rabbit, deboned uh, a whole rabbit, chunked it up. Actually, it was two rabbits, it turned out to be. Diced it up and uh, made rabbit shepherd's pie. It was pretty damn good. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it that sounds really, really awesome. awesome. It's a highlight. And so I got to figure out, we had uh, mule deer meatballs last night. I got to figure out kind of the menu for the rest of the week. But for sure, I think jerky has to be on it. But before before my beautiful son uh, jumped in here, which I think is probably a piece of realness for everybody working from home right now, if you have children, they're going to be in your business like like never before. Um, but before, before he came in, I, I, th- I just think, each one of these shows, I want to get the guest take, your take in this case, Cal, on what's the mindset to have right now. Things are changing every day. We get new information, new news. What's the mindset you go into every day with? Oh, I think just, res- you know, the important thing is, it's like no matter how awesome you are, how good you are, um, you got to be respectful of others, you know, and I, I think my... 91 year old grandma over there in uh, Lockwood, Montana. And she has one lung. She's on oxygen. Um, she told me two days ago, she's like, Ryan, I'm strong and I'm healthy. I don't have anything to worry about. But at the same time, she's not going to church. She's not going to the social things that she, that she does. Cause she's just trying to mitigate the risk. And I think for someone like her, you know, I don't even want her going to the grocery store. Um, whereas for somebody like me, I think 
you know, you just have to have to have a heightened sense of um, being a good member of society, right? Like, I just went to the grocery store, and for the first time in my life, I used the little sanitizing wipes that they have out there for the grocery cart handles. Um, I'm not doing that for me because yeah. I just don't feel like uh, uh, I'm at risk, you know, any more than I am normally. So, but I'm I'm doing that for the next person in case I'm carrying it around and and. You know, there's a lady there who was very much in the demographic of my grandma. And I had to wonder if she was just exercising her independence or if she just didn't have anybody to help her out, you know? Yeah. I said this on the show the other day, but I just sent a message to our little neighborhood Facebook group here. And, there, you know, there's a couple hundred houses in our, our neighborhood here outside of Bozeman. And just said, hey, if you're if you're elderly or sick or you just don't want to brave the crowds, I feel like I'm a not a risk to everyone else. I can go out, and so if you want me to go grab your medicine, or you want me to go grab some some food or some whatever, I'll do it. Um, nobody's taking me up on that yet. I'm like, I know some people in my neighborhood that I bet could use that service, and I I, I understand, you know, everyone wants to be independent and and doesn't want to ask for help, but um, if you're in those demographics, it's it's okay to get help. At this point, man, I'm with you, Cal. I'd rather, I'd rather go to the grocery store myself, knowing I'm symptom free, than have to see you know somebody that's a plus sixty five or plus seventy out there trying to trying to wade through this this mess. So uh, it's just something to consider. We won't we won't linger on it very long. We got other things to talk about, but but I always appreciate your perspective on just about everything. So um, I appreciate it on this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, man, I, I, it, the, the bummer, you know, I just saw like Illinois Department of Natural Resources is actually closing parks, yeah, state parks, you know, managed by the state DNR. And oh, I, it's such a bummer to to see um, because you're, you're definitely going to be taking away the at least legal ability for somebody to go out and, and be outside, which I feel like, outside is a safe place. Um, certainly compared to like, um, you know, high density housing, which I'm in to a degree, but nothing like you'd find in, in, uh, in other parts of Bozeman or, or a major city center. But, um, you know, the state employees, um, are exposed to a, to a much higher degree by keeping that stuff open too. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a. Yeah. Some of the visitors, deal. some of the national parks, visitor centers are being closed and, and, you know, thoughtfully. So I, I get that. But again, we, I, I had thought going into this, that public lands and, and national parks and just wild places would be somehow immune to this, but this is, this is going to touch everything. If it hasn't already, it's going to, going to touch and change just about everything we do. Yeah, and and the problem is, it's like I think I, there's a lot of people that are grumbling about this. I'm sure. Um, like I said at the outset, I grumbled too, but we just cannot. We're having a hard time trusting people to wash their hands. Yeah, which I believe is why we're telling people to just stay inside. 
Um, and we've proven over and over again that, man, if there's an overflowing trash bin in a national park, people don't just hang onto their trash till they find an empty one. They just throw it on top of it or throw it next to it. And if there's a super dirty bathroom, nobody's jumping in there to help out, help out and clean it. They're just making it dirtier or complaining. So without those uh, facilities being able to be maintained to, to the degree that like a paying customer international park expects. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a big part of the, the root of the closure as well. It's like, we'd love to be able to trust people to just drive around the park or walk around the park. And, but yeah. we got to put our employees at a, a higher rate of exposure um, yeah. to maintain the facilities that these people expect as well. A lot of things are happening, right? The, I'm just reading now that Ellis Island, Statue of Liberty are both closed. The Washington Monument in D.C. is, is closed. Ford's Theater, uh, California's Golden Gate National Recreation Area is, is temporarily closed. Alcatraz Island, a bunch of a bunch of other landmarks and, and national parks in California. I imagine this would be only the beginning of of that kind of activity when it comes to this for the reasons you're, you mentioned and and you know staffing and everything else so it's 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 surprising to me but given where we are i understand uh what's got to happen there so we'll continue to to watch this you know on the on the daily podcast i mean so many things change every single day that's one thing i'm learning now doing a daily recording is there's new news there's a you know a different restriction there's a different type of quarantine happening every day um and so it's good to keep up on it and, and keep it in our minds because that's that's what we're all living right now. Um, Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six, sick folks. Or you... Open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater. But you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. 
They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to Land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. But given all of that, we're going to tell a hunting story in a minute, but I got an email that I figured you could help me uh, uh, suss out here. We got a guy named Stephen Willie wrote in, um, what gun do I buy with my stimulus package? <laughs> That's when I saw that. I'm like, oh, well, I got to read that one. He said, um, perhaps you may have heard of the proposed $1,000 economic reinvigoration plan that may come into play over the next few weeks. If this goes through, I'm going to buy both a rifle and a scope as I'm wanting to do my first elk slash mule deer hunt with my father-in-law in the next few years. My wife is strangely okay with it. Being from Illinois, slug season, my knowledge of hunting rifles is, is extremely limited. I've cruised forum after forum, but I'm getting mixed signals. Can you suggest a gun slash scope package that would be adequate for Western hunting excursions for under $1,000? Um, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that stimulus cal is meant for for that purpose, but I, I can't say I should discourage it. Well, yeah, I wonder. So in a sense, right? put that money into fishing and hunting equipment and we get a chunk of that money back for conservation. So you're, yeah, you're, you're spreading the love. Um, if, but is it a single purchase on a rifle to a single manufacturer or a single gun shop? Um, is that better than buying, a? a little bit of something at a bunch of different markets type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't but know. It's, I don't, it's, it's still stimulus. That's right. I mean, you could just say that, Hey man, it's stimulus either way. It's going in back to the economy. We very much care about rifle manufacturers and, and rifle scope manufacturers. So, um, there's an argument to be made that, that that's absolutely appropriate and good on you for wanting to do it and hope you get out West and get an elk killed. Day. Well, you'll have, if this ever happens again, you'll have a freezer full of elk to draw upon if you, ever do um i uh the last time this happened i was it was over the summer when we got our stimulus money and um i bought a giant dutch oven <laughs> um and i was guiding a lot of uh you know multi-day trips and um, bought this d- giant dutch oven and yeah that was pretty sweet and i was pretty proud of this dutch oven and i i took a picture of it or maybe just 
told my uncle about it. And he was like, oh, that's neat. I bought a kegerator. <laughs> and yeah, when you're, uh, when you're guiding folks down the river all day, every day, the idea that someone could go home to an ice cold beer out of a kegerator. America. I, uh, yeah, that was pretty, that put my Dutch oven to shame. Yeah, I just bought with my tax uh, money. I just bought some new tr- new tires and wheels for my truck. So I'm at, I I feel as though that's a that's a stimulus package for getting outside. My truck can go further. I can go further. So I feel that's an. I only would. I only bought those tires so I could make it further into the wilderness this fall and, and spring. So I, that's how I feel about. But that. But you know, listen. Under a thousand dollars, if I was to put put dollar signs on i mean you can get uh, a diamondback scope from vortex for 230 ish dollars and then go pick up a weatherby vanguard for for what you have left of your thousand dollars um i think that'd probably be you know just a regular vanguard synthetic can be up to 600 bucks ish whatever on the weatherby side of things so you, that's a great combination um you'll never be You'll never be sad about that. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then, I mean, you can always, um, you know, upgrade scope and rings um, down the road. But, man, just the old 3 to 9 scope Yep, is a uh, hard thing to beat hard thing you, to beat when you're thinking yeah you know, so this guy wants to go you know deer elk out west what's a caliber that you're suggesting for you know this is his starter package he you know i lived in illinois he's a little living in slug gun territory what's what's the caliber you'd be thinking of just off the top of your head boy for you know, it it is the and this took me a long time to come full circle on this, but that thirty out six is a very very um it's gone back to being like an underrated cartridge again. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many different loads for that uh, for the thirty out six. You can hunt everything from African game to you know antelope. Anything yeah. in between, um, that's that's a great way to go. Um, there's, you know, I'm still just a fan of the heavy bullet, and that's what kind of why I, if folks get scared away from 300 Win Mag, which in my mind is a very versatile rifle as well, um, but it it does pack probably more of a thump. Um, certainly. Ammunition is way more expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, thirty out six is a lot of versatility. Good way to go. Um, I've always said thirty out six. I've killed you know everything that you just mentioned there with a thirty out six from African game on down the line. I mean, if you go back to like the original one hundred fifty grain spire point bullet, man, that thing's coming out of the barrel at like plus twenty five hundred feet per second. You know when when that cartridge was introduced, if that was a you know a thousand yard a thousand yard bullet, you know, um, it could be, it was, it was sometimes trained that way. So I think, I think, like you said, I, I've, I've used a 180 grain bullet out of a 30 out six and got really great terminal, 
penetration. So uh, 30 out six, I'm right there with you. I was thinking that when you said it. Um, there's no reason not to just because of the versatility. But if you want to get cute, man, there's a bunch of other things that work. Um, you know, the Weatherby calibers, I'm a big fan of the 65300 Weatherby. Um, but the ammo is expensive. It's getting less so. Weatherby's making sure of that, working with Federal. Um, but, you know, if you want to just just go as a starter kit, go something that's a bargain, something that you can use anywhere, that setup is is pretty damn perfect, I would say. Do you have a, a Weatherby caliber that you think that you've shot that you like the best, 65300 or 7 mil or what? Man, that 300 RPM, or sorry, 6.5 RPM is pretty wild. Like yeah, it's I, attack driver, and it is screaming. I I just need more time with it. You know, I've got, uh, I guess just just one deer with it so far. But yeah, um, it's I'm I'm really looking forward to setting myself up for success here this summer, and uh, getting. A lot of shooting in, a lot of trigger time in on with that rifle. Actually, yeah. Remember, we, we Cal and I went to the Vortex uh, Long Range Challenge last year, and uh, the one thing it denoted for me, one, it's a mode that's a great event. I, I would, in a perfect world, take the time to train and get proficient for shooting long range and then, then have that culminate shooting at that event. But the one thing that it uh, drove home for me, not that I didn't already know it, is is just preparedness and familiarity with the rifle and the caliber and the bullet the whole the whole package the optics um you know we did okay for for going in there blind in a lot of ways but man it would feel really good to train your ass off and step into a competition like the vortex challenge and be ringing gongs at thousand plus yards and just really be really confident oh man yeah absolutely i'd love to do that again me too um so that's it i mean we have, Cal, I don't know if you know this, but earlier in the week we launched a contest because I'm kind of addicted to contests right now. Uh, I really, really feel uh, excited to give stuff away. We're doing a, a contest for hand-drawn turkeys. Like put your hand out, draw a trace around it, and then decorate that turkey any, way, in any which way you please. Do you have any, you have any history with drawing, drawing hand-drawn turkeys? Uh, my history would have been a, would be ancient history at this point. <laughs> I, well, maybe I, I cannot recall if we ever did that as a youngster in school, but well, we're bringing it to the adults, the, the adult onset hand turkey drawlers over here, THC. Um, I like it. I'm hoping to get a thousand of them. So if you're out there, maybe you draw, maybe you draw Ryan Callahan as a hand turkey. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. I've got the noggin for it. That's right. Um, all right, man. I, the best thing we can do now, as I was telling you earlier, is just tell a hunting story. And I was trying to think of hunting stories and people and places and things I enjoyed. Um, the first thing that came to one of, one of the first things that came to my mind was our time in uh, Texas hunting axis deer. And I feel like um, we could start kind of at the end of the story and work our way back. But there we sat we made a makeshift ground blind by a little water hole in the middle of the hill country and uh when was that june where was that june when we were there late may well, it was early the first june? couple of days of june right Cause yeah i showed up 
uh, a day early for Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that part because that's a good part of the story. But it's me, it's you, it's Casey Butler from Hushin. And we're, we're sitting, it's hot as hell. We're sitting by a water hole in the hill country of Texas, right around Sonora, Texas, on a, on a pretty big ranch that has lots of access to deer. I mean, shit tons of access to deer. Sitting by a water hole. You've got your trad bow. I've already tagged out. Um, and we're trying to kill an axis deer. And I don't know how long we sat by that water hole. I, uh, half a half a morning? How long? you remember? It was not much time. It that is not. the most, it's the most close quarters action with game that I've ever experienced in that short of time. Can you, like, what's your recollection of kind of like how we picked our spot and the the whole setup? Well, so you and Casey had been hunting together uh, the evening prior and you know, we, it was not like a subtle thing that these deer would get up and move to water. It was super, super hot and had been and hottest like Memorial day weekend on record for Austin at that point. Um, and we were like three hours less than that, two and a half hours, about two and a half West of Austin there in the, in the edges of the hill country, like the far reaches of the hill country. And, um, and so I had been out cruising around, uh, you and Casey, um, found like listening to the, the stags roar kind of found the spot that they were jumping over, you know, just a three strand barbed wire fence landing in a two track road and then walking down into, um, you know, a deep depression that I think would typically be more full of water than, uh, than there was at that point. So, uh, you guys hunted that night and I think had a lot of action. Yeah. An unbelievable, unbelievable amount of action to the point where if we got your, we got our wind right. So imagine we're kind of at, if this, this little pond, what would have been a pond had there been a lot of water, if this pond was a clock, um, we were set up at the eight o'clock, basically the first night, Casey and I, and the wind kept switching, um, to where it was in our faces when we sat down and it was kind of switching toward, toward where these deer were stepping out. And if they would get past the little zone where they might catch our wind, they were in that, they were in the bottom of this, this pond. And we had, you know, roughly anywhere from an 80 yard shot to a 20 yard shot with a bow, um, archery tackle casey had a rough a rough time we talked about it on a podcast him and i did back when we recorded this i mean i think i'll have to look it up but i think it's in the first you know 10 podcasts that we recorded casey had a rough time he he made some misses luckily no wounding happened um missed missed a couple of deer but it was pretty clear from what you just said these deer were coming out of the out of the mesquite out of the thicket Jumping this fence, crossing a two-track road, and dropping down into this pond. It was it was the most simple kind of archery setup I can think of. We knew where they wanted to go. They had to go to water. It was so dang hot, and so the setup was was pretty clear from there. So I think that next day we're like, man, we got to recruit Cal to get in here. We'll we'll set up on the ground. We'll build either a, we'll, we'll we didn't have a ground pop-up ground blind, so we're like, hey, we'll just kind of build a, a makeshift ground blind and go on from there. Yeah, and you guys had done a little building the night before. <laughs> uh, and you're like, yeah, you know, it's pretty much a blind. And then uh, the next morning, 
we went in there and uh, it was like a cartoon. It was like three guys trying to hide behind like a, a coat hanger. <laughs> yeah, like one leaf. We sat yes. down. We're like, if you sit on this side, I'll sit on this side. I was trying to film you guys, set it up for for the Hushin channel and film you guys. Yeah, we were we were on at the base of this big tree, not hidden at all. And had these deer not really wanted to get to water, um, we probably wouldn't have seen one within a hundred yards of us. Because axis deer are historically spooky critters, um, less so in the, the landscape of Texas where they have feeders and 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 ponds like this. They call them tanks down there. Um, less so there because they just have those those elements to kind of change them up. But they're still spooky critters. Um, but we had kind of placed ourselves in a place they needed to be, not that they wanted to be walking by our dumb asses sitting under a tree. Yeah, and uh, it it did. So, like, the densest part of our cover was essentially the f- first thing that they could look at when their feet hit the ground and their heads came back up. Um, and so they'd, like, well right in the densest part of the tree if they went left uh, there's a gap and then another tree and then a gap and then the pond and if they went right there was a essentially the same thing another gap a tree and then wide open and the first there's like all the roaring and stuff and all the god is this actually going to happen is this going to going to work out and then the uh, um, first stag came through and like comes up to the gap in the fence, jumps the fence, lands in the road, and it was moving right to left the entire time, hits the road, for whatever reason, moves uh, left to right, and is essentially just like three yards away staring at three guys in folding chairs or whatever we had. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we have, we had like a folding chair or some sort of bucket. I don't like, and then a bucket and yeah, it was, it was a, it was a comedy. It just, if you would have filmed a comedy about hunters hide, trying to hide from deer and doing a poor, poor, poor job of it. Like I said, we just happen to be, I mean, and, and for clarity, when these deer are jumping this fence, they are, what, 35, 30 yards in front of us when their feet hit the ground? Or maybe less even, Cal. I I would think less, because I think that first gap on the left was 12 yards. So yeah. they probably hit somewhere around 18 to 20 Something like that, yeah. And so they, they yeah. you get to a point where, if they jump this fence where they were pretty commonly, we were going to get a shot um, if they kept working that direction. And one of the big challenges there were so many deer around this particular water hole, this particular tank, that we had to. We, you couldn't really. You didn't have time to set up. We could have built a blind, but every time you turn around, there's another deer within a hundred yards working downwind or working upwind or trying to make its way over to the water. And so I just remember if if you would picture like the most frantic time of trying to get set up, then figure out the, you know, the best way to get a deer close and get a shot off, all that stuff. That's what this was. Like we, we just didn't have time to reset 
there were deer literally everywhere. And I would say yeah, once every and they're half so hour. vocal. Yeah. Like once one does their little alarm blow, everybody's doing it. And yeah, it's just miserable. Because then yeah. it's like, woo, 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 woo. Hey. That way, me and Sam Sohold always had that down in Hawaii. That's what it sounds like. Hey. Uh, just like that. And I probably blew that mic out. But, and that's what you, we're just kind of in a position. I remember I'm on the left of the tree. Casey's in this, you're kind of in the center. Casey's off to your right. And at one point, this, this buck walks right up to, I don't know, your, I don't, like probably five, 10 feet to your right up this trail, kind of walking right towards us and comes right in close. I filmed it. Um, if he would have taken a few more steps, you could have got a frontal shot at two or three yards. Um, but just to say that we're covered up in deer the entire time. Yes. Yes. And, um, so we're watching this stag. So, okay. So just the, the first stag that jumped and went left you know, it was just like one of those things. You were just pinned. Like there, I I was should have just been like waving my fingers at the deer. Um, and nothing I could do. You know that helpless feeling of like, boy, that was a very good opportunity, Ryan. <laughs> Where were you on that one, Ryan? <laughs> uh. Those don't happen all the time, Ryan. <laughs> oh, here comes another one, Ryan. Yeah. Hey, just to and, just to clarify, I screwed that up. You're right. It's a stag. I don't know. I said buck, but it's it's funny. It's not as it's not a hind. It's a stag and a doe. I was just looking up kind of like the the terminology for what they call cheetle deer down there or shittle deer down there in uh, Australia and in, in, in India and in the Indian subcontinent. So just to clarify. Oh, that is kind of funny, yeah. Stag I mean, and doe. I know, like hunting those things out in Hawaii and uh, in Texas too. You kind of always mixing up the nomenclature, but um, so the next stag comes up, hops the fence, and basically does exactly what exactly the way you you draw it up, right? It like. Hits the, hits the ground, steps through the first gap, puts its head behind the first tree. No shot, but I get to start drawing my bow. Takes two, three more steps and stops perfectly. Let the arrow go. And it was quite quite something i think in hindsight the deer had started to jump so it had no feet on the ground at time of impact the arrow hit the stag and essentially just pancaked it like its feet never touched the ground again and its opposite shoulder smashed the ground before its feet started kicking dirt so um, and then, then ran up to it and, uh, you know, tried to make sure that 
uh, the deed was done. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land. Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Yeah, I've never... I remember talking with Casey about this afterwards. You never expect for you to, you know... Shooting traditional tackle um, at at an animal, no matter what it is, and have have that impact knock that deer off its feet in the way that it did. I've never seen it. That stag was up in the air and flat on its back, quicker than we could all. I think that it shocked all three of us. Um, oh, ab- yeah, absolutely. No, I mean that thing was. I mean, it, it hit the ground hard also. Like, it was just pancaked. It it was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, and we, and then there was, a, you know, it took this deer, uh, it took this stag a long time to die, man. Like, he just kind of 
you put another one in him, and he kind of just fought it for a while and, and eventually expired. And um, that was something being that close, being able to film it to watch that all happen. Uh, it was pretty crazy, man. And I, I, I remember specifically hearing the thud of your arrow hit that deer and um, even hearing it back on the, on the video too was, was super interesting. So um, I don't know. That's it's burned in my mind that sound because it's, it's a sound I've heard before, but that close that up that personal and to have the, the impact cause the deer basically to flip over um, you're, you're North you're used to hearing that impact and watching the deer run off and trying to see exactly where your arrow hit, if he's bleeding, where he's bleeding, what, where he's going, what he's doing. Um, if he's going to tip over, but, uh, we didn't have to in that case. He was, he was over and, and second. Yeah. Yep. It was pretty wild. And, and, um, it was pretty darn funny. The, we had some doe tags to fill, fill. So we're like, well, let's quick go get a couple of does. It was our last day there. And, um, so he grabbed a rifle and went out and made a couple of really fun stocks on some does and got some meat and then the outfitter showed up and it was pretty funny he's like who sorry who who got this it's like the guy the guy with the kitty bow yeah the the very simple bow (laughs) uh, mm, uh, who got this that was pretty funny I remember, yeah, I remember being back in the lodge with with all the. There's other clients there that were, a lot of them hunt with rifles. Um, a couple guys with with archery equipment, but they were, uh, let's say they were they were reluctant to admit that you had any chance to kill one of these things, to kill an axis axis deer with traditional archery equipment. They just didn't, they didn't feel like it was it was conceivable at that point, and they weren't scared to say that. In, in camp there no but i mean gosh it, anybody who's been out on a few hunts has got this it knows how quick things can turn around to where it's like the first two three days you'd be like boy you have got to get pretty darn lucky for these conditions because it is just tough up oh, hang on uh ben somebody's knocking on the door Hello? Yeah. Hold on, I'm finishing up a podcast. Yes. Sorry, uh, Garrett Smith just walked in. No. Say, tell him to come over here and get in on this business. I will. He uh, just rolled over from Helena, Montana. We're gonna dirt. uh, Hey, that's somebody you can actually hang out with. You can hang out with people that don't work at Meat Eater. Yes, and because uh, uh, both Garrett and I naturally practice social distancing, uh, <laughs> I think I think outside of the meat eater office, we were both the last people we hung out with last week when we went ice fishing. Well, so, yell at him to come the hell up here and, and get it, get the mic. Uh, I will. He's uh, he'll make his way. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Sorry yeah. That, that. I mean, that's that was just generally the end of that hunt for us. There's a lot of cool things that happened prior to that. Um, to, but to get back to the beginning, I mean, it was 
you know, right around Memorial Day, but I must have called you a couple weeks before the hunt. Just to, I was like, man, I got this access to your hunt on a great ranch out west of here. You want to come down? <laughs> At the time, you're working for First Light. I'm working for Yeti. Um, to make a hunt happen that quickly was a uh, was a miracle. Oh yeah, man, and and fortunately, you can break an axis down into a big Yeti hopper, mm-hmm. and and it, yeah, pretty darn funny. We got we we're pretty uh, pretty nasty crew by the time we got done. Yeah the uh the flights the next morning back well but, i mean um, there's a lot of a lot of uh tick stories we could tell um it's something i didn't know till recently you said after that trip but when when i told you the dates i believe i texted you the exact wrong dates or at least a day prior of when to show up so i was at uh, a mutual buddy i was at a buddy's house with my little little guy and my wife we're partying up on Memorial Day, and I get a text from Cal. It says, hey, man, uh, just landing at the airport. Let me know when you're going to pick me up. And uh, my first thought was, he's got it wrong. He's not at the airport. He means he's going to be there tomorrow. He's not there today. No way. So I texted back. He's like, no, dude, I, I'm here. I landed. I'm at the airport. You going to come get me? <laughs> and so I re- looked back at my text to you, and I realized I told you the exact wrong damn date. So I jumped in my truck, I'm zooming over to the airport. I get pulled over by a, a state trooper in Texas. He pulls me over, and by this time, I hadn't had my podcast for very long at this point in time, um, so there wasn't really a lot of reason for anybody to know me from it. The officer comes to the window. He says, uh, sir, you're speeding, takes my license, comes back, gives me my license back, and says, hey, man, uh, really love the podcast. And starts going over all our mutual friends we have in town and, and people I know that he knows. And we're talking and having a nice chat. And at this point, Cal, wouldn't you imagine that we have an agreement where he's not going to give me a ticket if he's a, he listens to my podcast? Um, wouldn't you agree that that's, that's what I should be thinking there? Yeah, I mean, you don't bring it up, right? Until no. after you've issued the ticket is my thought. Yeah. I think right. for sure if we're being this friendly, I'm not going to get a ticket. I explained. I'm going to pick up Ryan Callahan. Uh, I was late. I screwed this up. I'm late to go get him at the airport. And he goes, oh, man, I love Ryan Callahan. You guys going to podcast? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking for sure we. I'm off of this now. And, in fact, you and I got pulled over in Wyoming, Sheridan, Wyoming, on the way to the Vortex, the Vortex Challenge. Challenge yeah. yeah so, yep. And that, that cop did kind of the same thing, took our licenses, Took your license. I'm a big fan of you guys. That's great. Wow, I love you, Cal. And then let us go on our way with a warning. And that's what I think I you know, I was expecting in Texas. But no, he came back a couple minutes later, whacked me with a ticket. So I, <laughs> that's my best story. So shout out to that officer. I wonder if he still listens. But if he does, here we are during a quarantine re- rehashing that thing that happened some years ago. It was very um, Texas weekend. It was. A, it was a very Texas weekend. It yeah, was. A, it was a, a ticket, a brisket, uh, hunt in the hill country, some axis deer, some arrows flown, torchies tacos, everything. Ticks. You got some ticks. Got a lot of ticks. Yeah. Didn't you? Did you get? Did you tell me you got 
Lyme's disease from that trip? Yeah, I got Lyme's disease from that trip, yeah. I didn't know that until recently. It was like years later. I didn't know. I know you had ticks on you that I had ticks on me, and, and so did Casey, and we were talking yeah. about alpha-gal syndrome, and there was a lot of Lone Star ticks hanging around at that time, but I didn't know yep. you got Lyme disease from that. No, I yeah. I It was just, it was an odd thing where I was like very hyper aware of the dates, which I'm typically I'm not schedule as you'd know from, uh, trying to make schedules. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a pretty, pretty funny deal. I was actually back in the first light office on the following Monday and, uh, went in to use the restroom and I was like, Hmm, that sure looks like a bullseye tick bite. Uh, it was a, no, it was a Sunday. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't about to go in there and, and, uh, get charged anything extra for going in on a Sunday. So I took a picture of it, went in on Monday. Uh, the thing with the bullseye tick bite is they change over time. Mm-hmm. And so it looked like a weird kind of rashy thing not a very prominent bullseye. So I'm glad I took the picture of it. And, um, you know, nobody likes to issue pills without it being necessary. But in this case, the pills are doxycycline, which is what, what they give kids for acne. And, um, I was like, Hey, listen, bullseye tick bite. This is what the CDC says. Could I just get some doxycycline? And like, well, you know, could you just go home and monitor it? I'm like, well, I could, but what the CDC says says to do is not monitor it. It says to, to get on it as fast as possible because the longer you wait, bad things happen. And then um, a nurse practitioner came in. She says, you know, Ryan. We always like to look at these things in uh, the, you know, risk versus reward scenario. It's like right now you're looking at something that is uh, very low risk because you're not going to get addicted to doxycycline, nor will you have any ill effects other than maybe a sunburn. And the reward would be not getting Lyme's disease. That's quite the reward, man. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people that have have termed the chronic Lyme disease, and God, it's not pretty, not pretty at all. Uh, and I didn't. I, you might have told me that after the fact because I know we talked a lot about ticks down there, like chiggers. This the June, July, August time frame in Texas is just harsh, man. Um, rattlesnakes. I had a big on this trip. I had a big. I was sitting up against a tree with my butt on the ground and my legs out in front of me, listening to an um, axis stag roar, probably like a hundred yards um, right around the corner from where I was sitting. And I look over. I feel something brush my thigh, and I look over, and there's probably, gosh, man, a four and a half, five foot long rattlesnake just crawling over my snake boot, up oh. over my hip. Over and by the time I see him, his head's by my toe, and so in my mind I look down. I'm like, "Oh, cool, a snake!" And then I stop and think, "Oh shit, a snake!" And I let him kind of 
divorce himself from my my the sole of my boot and I got up and ran about 300 yards. I didn't scream to my uh you know to to the good <laughs> to my better nature but I uh I was freaked out for the rest of the trip. So this is this is to say if you want to hunt asses deer um generally during the roar when they're when they're going off June is a great time to do it but watch the hell out. Um Texas is a mean place. It's mean during turkey season and it's mean it's mean uh after turkey season is over when it gets into the summer months. No, oh, yeah, man. That uh whoa, the country's just alive down there that weekend. <laughs> yeah. I got had so many ticks. So many ticks. I, yeah. Dozens and, of ticks. I, it, uh, God. Ben, when he got down there, he's like, here's the deal. Typically, I take a shower in the morning, take a shower when we get back from lunch, and then uh, if there's time, I take a shower before I leave for the next hunt. And then when I get back in, I take a shower. And I was like, oh, that seems a little excessive. And then <laughs> you're picking up seven to 12 ticks a day, and you're like, yeah, just uh, hurry up in the shower there, will you? Oh my God! Yeah, I, oh, I just remember Casey Butler and his jammies uh, for most of the hunt, just prancing around the lodge in his jammies. Um, God bless him. Um, and you can go watch this hunt basically unfold if you go back and find it on Hushins' uh, YouTube page. You'll have to search from years ago. I want to say it was 2017 that this this hunt went down, or maybe yeah, 2017, Cal, something like that. Um, but you'll find it. You search Cal and Benny and Hushin and Axis Deer, you'll 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 find it. It still exists, I promise, on the internet. Uh, you go back and watch us do it. But I, I on the I just re- remember going out with you and Casey on the first stalk. Um, we all walked. We all went out together. Um, Casey missed a deer, and or no, you missed the the first deer. I did. Yeah, stalked up. Yep. But just we we had been out for maybe 30, 45 minutes, and we were on deer and stalked up and got a shot with a trad bow. And they were uh, everywhere. They're it was everywhere. so much fun. I've never seen anything like it. So when I think back on this hunt, and then the, you know that afternoon, Casey and I were stalking up a buck, and I got a shot at like forty yards and nailed him and and knocked him down, and it was one of the cooler archery kills I've ever had. Um, knowing how hard it is, um, knowing just how hard it is. To, to pull that off. Uh, but as far as targets of opportunity, this ranch, this part of Texas, this game animal um, is awesome. And then then you get, as you said, Cal, you go home with a Yeti hopper full of, of some of the best meat there is. Yeah, and, and we had uh, the saws running in, in the uh, in the walk-in and got to do some couple of fancy cuts before we took off. Yeah, we did a little bone-in French cut. Um backstraps and and spent some time in a big walk-in cooler cutting cutting a bunch of things and filming that for the hushing boys but yeah i mean it's a it's a great hunt that's a great animal um boy i if i could have bone-in straps tonight french cut straps tonight uh for for some access here i would give just about anything to do it and this would be this is a great time to get down to texas and do it man this is this post you know even during turkey season but post turkey season uh, it's going to be when things start kicking off. Um, so I know you can't probably go now unless you live in Texas, but something to think about every year down, every year round if you're looking for some venison uh, in the summer months. Oh, yeah. 
Highly recommend. Where's old Dirt? Did he disappear? Yeah, I think uh, I think we scared him away. We scared him away. All right. Well, yeah. no worries. Uh, I'll let you get back to it, Cal. What's your give everybody your big big plans for the quarantine time before we go? Any huge projects in the garage? Yes. Yeah, so I'm gonna ah, so many plans. So I would like to finish my garage organization. Um, I got some how to's I'm going to be sharing with everybody, um, on getting anal, very anal retentive on my, uh, <laughs> camping gear. Um, yep. turns out there's yep. a lot of answers out there that you keep asking the question to every year or every hunt or every trip. And you just, you just haven't, haven't been putting in the work to come up with the answer. Um, so I'm working on some things like that, that I've been thinking on for a long time. And then I'm going to can some bone stock and I'm going to can, um, probably some more chili and some soup. And then I am going to, um, start busting out a bunch of jerky too. So I got a bunch, bunch of stuff, knock out some sausage, knock out, um, you know, I have such a surplus full of meat. It'd be great to just have some. Um, I'm not a jerky purchaser, but I eat it if it's around. So yeah. I should just, there's there's no excuse not to just be producing it on my own. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to jerky as we were talking about earlier. Uh, I'm looking forward to, I got these little books, these little laminated booklets for my son that are, you know, birds of of the Rocky Mountains, trees of the Rocky Mountains, tracks for animals of the Rocky Mountains. So him and I are going to spend a lot of time out. Uh, he has these visual markers now. He's only three and a half, um, but he's he's really intelligent and really wants to learn things. So I'm going to start him on learning what trees are what, what, it, what birds are what, um, what tracks are what, and hopefully that sparks something in him. So I look forward to that because I think getting out with him every evening, 5.30, 6 o'clock, just take a walk. Look for birds. Look at trees. I mean, it's just so available and so cool. So oh, so cool! Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Very cool. Very cool. I'm, um, I'm excited for you. That's it. That's all. Another episode in the books of the THC Daily Quarantine Podcast. Thank you. I keep saying, I, I got to say quarantine cast because that's the only way anybody will know what I'm talking about, Phil. Exactly. Uh, so the thank you, Ryan Callahan. Thanks to everybody down there in Texas for letting us come down and hunt your axis deer. Hopefully you're making it through day four of this quarantine for us and, and another show. Hopefully you have listened back to Remy Warren, to Mark Kenyon, to Sam Soholt, a bunch of good stories there. The next story you're going to hear is one of my favorites, of absolutely favorites of all time. Cole Kramer, Kodiak, Alaska, a hunting guide, and my buddy from Texas, DJ Bell, are going to come on, and we're going to talk about uh, a Kodiak, Alaska blacktail hunt that went horribly and beautifully wrong and what that taught us during uh, this quarantine, what it what it did for us and, and how it's benefited us in our lives. It was a gnarly trip, but one that we all remember fondly as it was fun to relive that with those boys. But hopefully these daily podcasts are helping you out. Um, Phil, just checking in with you. You feeling good over there? We gonna get you to Feeling tomorrow. Great. Yeah, I think once once I get through this week, I feel like I'll get a new burst of 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 energy. 
All it right, was kind well, of a kind of a scramble at the beginning of the week. But I, know, I, think man. I'm, I, I think I'm catching on. I feel like I'm I'm scattered. I'm everywhere right now. I've been sitting in a room staring at a at a with a microphone, staring at a computer video of myself uh, for too long. But hopefully, this is is. I've heard from a lot of you that said this is entertaining and helping during this time. So I hope that's true for for everybody listening. Uh, we're going to continue working hard on your behalf, putting this together. Uh, also, I think what'll help me and you feel is seeing a thousand hand drawn turkeys in the next oh yeah uh, short bit of time here. So get thc at themediator.com. Send us your hand turkey drawings. We're looking to get a thousand of them babies before this contest is over. So send them, send them, send them right now. Tonight, tomorrow morning, whatever. But we will see you for day number five. The Kodiak, Alaska story tomorrow on THC Quarantine Cast. Say bye, Phil. Goodbye. The Hunting Collective with Ben O'Brien is a part of the Meat Eater Podcast Network. It is produced by Corinne Schneider and engineered by Phil Taylor. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TheMeatEater.com, or anywhere podcasts are downloadable. Wherever you listen, leave a five-star review and subscribe. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.